blessing that mortal can sing a song like that, write one, first of all, write it. This new stuff they're singing out there, man, they don't even come close to that. They don't even hold a candle to it. I mean, really, it, it, it just isn't. It is nowhere close. Uh, I don't even know how to explain this stuff, man. People don't get it. Uh, but you sit there, and as we're reading through this, the, your songs, they sing, Joe was singing that first one. I found a friend in Jesus. Oh, such a friend. He loved me uh, ere I knew him. Uh, when you sit there and look at it, uh, have you found a friend yet? Have you found your friend? Uh, I, remember, I remember, man, back in 1980, I was sitting there, I was looking for a friend. Uh, as long as I had the money and I had all the stuff and the cars and everything, yeah, I had people hanging around me all the time. Uh, but the moment, uh, you know, I got saved, they didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. I don't know why that was. I went back to tell all my friends about what I found, and not a single one of them wanted anything to do with him. And I'm like, okay, you don't want it. That's, found, that's all right. I found a friend, and he's my friend. What gets me nearer my God to thee? He's saying you can get nearer. The song like that, you can still get nearer if you want. You can, you got to stop, man. I mean, oh, but I've got a message here. It's a simple one. But you got a God that created, I mean, there was nothing. This evolution stuff is foolish. It is so foolish. I can't even tell you how foolish it is. Uh, I mean, it's anybody with common sense, I, I, I got the math, man. I know that I'm not Einstein by no shape, form, or fashion. But don't give me this trash that this universe come out of nothing unless somebody had an input into it. I mean, you, you just can't take a little bitty teeny weeny absolutely nothing. And I don't care how much uh, dark matter you got and how much regular matter you got and this matter and that matter. And it just doesn't matter, really. I don't care how much you got. You're not going to blow it up into a universe that's ever expanding. Galaxies, billions of galaxies. I mean, it ain't going to happen. It just ain't going to happen. Uh, there's no part. What they're trying to do is they're trying to do away with somebody named Jesus Christ. And he's saying, you can have me if you want me. I'm here for you. Uh, I had somebody the other day says, you talk about Noah's Ark a whole lot. Oh, man, a whole bunch. Take your Bibles. I better shut up. John chapter 18. <laughs> John chapter 18. Oh, it's just, it's a great book. Great book. We got a great God. I mean, it's, what do you do with that? He's great. Uh, I like the lady said that uh, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. I said, Lord, I don't even come up to the dog. I don't know, I'm an amoeba or a, an ant or something down there. I said, a dog would be too good for me. Uh, you know, you sit there and say, Why? well, because you're comparing yourself to him, not to anybody else, to him. You look at him and what he's done and what he's capable of doing, and, and any time he wants to do it, he can do whatever he wants. Nobody, I told him in Sunday school today, I've had people throughout my life, I don't care, man, you can't kill me unless he lets you kill me. You can't touch me. Now, if I'm ready to get touched, then there's nothing I can do about it. But you, you can't touch me unless he allows you to touch me. I know the God of this universe who can move anything he wants to move any way he wants. And you go after one of his and you're liable to get your head tore off. You know the person that you, you go after doesn't have to be perfect? Man, this is, okay, here you go. John chapter 18. Man, 18.10. I'm just going to read a couple verses here. Uh, then Simon Peter. Simon, 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 Simon. Simon, Simon, Simon says, Simon Peter is one of the most unique, he gets, he gets so much grief. He's such a good guy. I can't wait to get to heaven. Thank him for all the grief he had to take. Verse 10, then Simon, uh, Peter, they're in a the garden. And, and Jesus already told them everything's going to happen. Like people don't believe it anyways. Uh, all through your Bible, he tells you what's going to happen. And we just don't want to believe what he says. It's an amazing book. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable about this book. Uh, it's in Simon Peter having a sword, drew it. And smote the high priest's servant, cut off his right ear. Now, I mean, look at the detail. 
I mean, he, he cut off his right ear. It could have been his left ear. It could have been the guy. No, he says exactly what ear it was. Uh, the servant's name was Malchus. Then Jesus said, uh, then, Jesus, uh, then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me shall I not drink it. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for uh, the detail you put in your Bible, Lord, our Bible, my Bible. Uh, Lord, thank you for a book that I can hold in my hand. And, and Lord, uh, that from eternity you care about each and every one that's in this room today. You care about everybody on this planet. Whether we care about you or not is irrelevant. Lord, you love us because uh, we love you because you first love us. Uh, Lord, if you hadn't loved us and done what you did for us, we would never be able to find you in a million trillion years. And Lord, the, the light that you've shown on this planet 2,000 years ago is still bright and shining today, and anybody can get it. I just thank you for it. Lord, thank you for the word of God today. Bless it now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the songs that you sing, I mean, these are great songs, man. I mean, they're great. Uh, I, that's why I love his songbook. You give me, I, every time I write a, song, a message, my, the songs are piling through my head. Uh, I got a little poem here. It says, uh, this, Jesus is sitting here. Peter doesn't understand. Uh, he sees a bunch of people going to come and take his master to, to uh, and lock him up and do stuff to him. And he, he doesn't really grasp all the stuff that's going to happen to the Lord. But the Lord knows what's going to happen to him. And Peter does the, the same thing. I'd probably do the same thing if I was there and I was Peter and I was next to him and I had a sword. I'd probably pull it out too. And, and I mean, the, the thought that Peter had was probably, in Peter's eyes, was right. But in the Lord's eyes, it wasn't right. Peter didn't understand what God was doing. And so many times we get involved in people's lives and stuff and we don't understand what God's doing. And we try to dictate and, and think that we know best for somebody else. And brethren, you can't know really what's best. Mom and dad, you can know what's best for your children up to a certain point. And after that, you're going to have to trust God. I mean, you just got to get there. I had a good friend of mine tell me one time, I was telling everybody, you can't go in the military because if you do, you're out of God's will and you're going to go to hell. And that was a lie. That's what I, I, I mean, in my mind, I was in the military for 14 years. I seen how bad it was. And he looked at me and, and with a smile on his face like he always does and says, let's consider something here. He goes, have you ever thought that he got you through? I'm like, yeah, but I'm different. I'm Mike. <laughs> and I had to stop and think. I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess so. If he got me through, he can get. I said, it's just not the military. It's anywhere. Anywhere you go, uh, the world is going to be the same no matter where you go. He's got to be able to get you through this thing. Somehow he's got to get you through this. And this little poem goes like this. He says, I will not take the bitter thrust, which rent my heart today, as coming from an earthly soul, though it, meant, it was meant that way. Peter was looking at the thrust coming toward to Jesus Christ. It was wrong. It was wrong. You're, you're, you're out to hurt us, and Christ knew better than that. But I will look beyond the tool because my life is planned. I take the cup my father gives. I take it from his hand. He knows and even thus allows these little things that irk. I trust his wisdom and his love. Let patience have her work. Though through human means have brought uh, the sting, I firmly take this stand. My loving father holds the cup. I take it from his head. Whew. You know what Jesus did? He took that for us. I mean, he took it. It goes on. He goes, now those who watch may wonder why. And that's the world. That's the world. May wonder why. These things do not disturb. I look right past the instrument and see my Lord superb. The trials which would lay me low must pass through his command. He holds, and the outreach cup to me, I take it from his hand. You know what he does sometimes? He pours a cup for us, and he expects you to drink from that cup. 
And that cup, sometimes you ain't going to like drinking from that cup. But to get to the next place with him, you're going to have to drink that cup. He's got some cups, man. I, this is an old message. I don't know if I ever, I, I preached it uh, about 15 years ago. And I, I pulled it out and was looking at it today. Jesus can perform a miracle. Now, get this. We're looking at Malchus. I, can't, I come across that guy. And I started looking at That's what brought this message to my mind. I was looking at Malchus. And Malchus is just, uh, he's just doing his job. That's all he's doing. Uh, the high priest has said, hey, I want you to go with Judas. And then we're going to go get Jesus. And, and Judas knows where he's at. And I want you to go bring him back to me. And Malchus is just kind of, he's the servant of the, the high priest. And he's just telling the high priest what's going on. Uh, I mean, it's his job. If he don't, he gets beaten, all this other stuff. So Malchus is just, but the Lord names him. Four times in four gospels, that servant is mentioned. Here he's mentioned by name. He's mentioned five times in the scripture. That's all you hear about Malchus. Uh, you know he's the, the high priest servant. Here he names him. Here he gets his right ear cut off. In Luke, the Lord reaches out and touches that ear and heals it. I've heard people say, well, it's probably just hanging on by a thread. I don't know, man. It could have been laying in the dirt. Jesus Christ don't care. He just reaches out, grabs it, put it back on his head. I mean, it's... You got a God, that's why I told him in Sunday school, you serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. You've got a Lord that if you ever get a hold of that thing, he said, if you had the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, he said, you could say that mountain move. I believe if I could get the faith of the grain of a, that tells you I don't have a lot of faith. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, I'm, I'm like a half a grain, maybe, maybe a quarter of a grain of mustard seed yet. Uh, but, but he says some things, and I'm sitting there looking at that thing, and I've heard people say, well, you know, no, they say that because nobody can do it. But somebody can do it, man. Peter, it took Peter a whole lifetime to figure some of this stuff out. And then it started working out for him. He understood, understood but he walked with Jesus Christ and talked with Jesus Christ and lived with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died, uh, died Peter followed afar off. When they, after this right here, they take him. Peter's hiding back there somewhere. And he's afraid. This Peter. Love him, man. You know what? He, Peter's like us. We're a bunch of cowards. <laughs> That's what we are. You know, pain, we hate pain. Pain is bad. Pain is real bad. It hurts. I broke my toe the other day. It's all black and blue. And, and I'm like, I, I, I kicked a something. I don't know what I kicked. And, and Beth heard me go, mmm. And uh, then a little while later, I, it's all black and blue and it's like this and stuff. And I'm like, man, I said, I said, we just hate pain. Jesus on Malchus. It doesn't ever say Malchus got saved. I don't know whether he did or didn't. I, 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 but I know this. Jesus can perform miracles on people without it having any spiritual effect whatsoever on their life. You know, the day you got saved was the greatest thing that ever happened in your life. And I've watched people get saved and never change. People say, well, I don't believe they got saved. Well, I don't put anything past Jesus. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do. He healed a guy's ear one time. and never said a guy got saved. As a matter of fact, you couldn't get saved until Jesus died anyways. I, I'm under the, the impression that if he did this, that man has to say, man, that's so weird. I mean, they, my ear was cut off, and I had blood all over me. I mean, I surely don't think Jesus washed his, clo his clothes and stuff and got all the blood off, because you cut somebody's ear off, man. You, you get a head wound, and man, there's just like blood gushes everywhere. And uh, there's probably blood all over that guy. And he had, he had his ears up back on his head. And he walks up to the, I, 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 I lose it when it comes to the Pharisees and scribes. Here's Malchus, comes back up, hey, we got him, man. He's out, he's, and, and the high priest says, what, what's up with your, your robe, man? You got blood all over the place. You ain't going to believe it, man. I was out there to get him and, and one of his people. And, and Malchus goes down to warm his hands at the fire. And guess who's across the fire from him? Peter. 
<laughs> he goes, hey, you're one of them, man. You're like the guy that cut my ear off. I said, no, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I wasn't there. I hate the man. Blah, 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 blah. It's amazing how we lie. Right in face of the truth, we lie. You ever lied? You probably have. Y'all are saints. Jesus can perform a miracle on a person without it having any spiritual effect whatsoever on his life. There's no indication that Malchus ever got right or did anything right with what happened to him. But he got his ear put back on. Boy, that's your Lord. You know what that tells me right there is the Lord Jesus Christ wants to do something for us, whether we want him to do it for us or not. Malchus never thought he was going to get his ear whacked off that day. Boy, I've heard people say, oh, he had to lean like this, he had to lean like this. I don't know, Peter could have come down. He goes, no, if they come down like this, he's going to cut his arm. I don't know, man. I mean, whatever happened, Malchus got his head in the right place, and then Peter got, he must have had a real sharp sword. Because all the swords, I got a couple swords back in my office, man, and, and uh, they wouldn't, I mean, they would, they'd put a bruise on you probably. I, don't, I seriously doubt they'd cut you, man. You've got to have to sharpen them things, and Peter probably had his jaw nice and sharp, man. He's like a hunter. I've heard, I've seen hunters, man. They had everything, man. You watch them. They got their uniform and everything. I mean, they got all the bullets wrapped. They look like Rambo, man. They're going out after a deer. Poor innocent deer, man. He's out there just living his life trying to survive. And he's out there, and they come out here with guns and ammo. I like some of these hunters. They'll say, well, we go out with one bullet. I'm like, it's stupid. That's stupid. Because uh, if you got one bullet and a bear comes up over there and you shoot the bear and kill him, and the other one's over here, you're in trouble. Bears can climb trees. I mean, I, I, I like, I mean, I carry, I think you ought to be like, you ever watched um, uh, Christmas Carol and Scrooge is in his little room and Marley comes in, he's got all the chains and stuff on him and he's carrying all these boxes. That would be my ammo boxes. <laughs> I mean, I, why would you go out in the middle of the woods anyways? I'd get away from the storyline if I don't watch out. Jesus can perform any miracle he wants. A person can experience a physical miracle and yet remain lost. You can watch Jesus do something in your life. I've heard people say, well, I've watched Jesus. I know uh, Jesus in my life because this happened to me. That doesn't mean a thing. You know what means a thing? God, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, For Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. He was buried and rose again the third day according to Scriptures. That's the gospel. Romans 10, 9, 10 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, you've got to ask him. I've asked people before, they say, oh, I believe this. I, believe. I said, whoa, 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 have you ever got down on your knees somewhere? Have you ever sit down somewhere and said, Lord, I don't care where you sit. I don't care whether you're drinking a Coke. I could care less. Have you said, Lord, I'm the sinner. You're the Savior. I'm on my way to hell. Save my soul. Because if you've never actively said that, you're not saved. You can't be saved. It's not one of these things where it's just given to you. Uh, it, it doesn't happen that way. He provides everything. He lays it there, but you got to believe it. People can watch miracles happen in their lives all the time. My mother loved her to death. Well, he's got to love me because I've drove down the road and I didn't have a rip. That has nothing to do with salvation. That just has to do with maybe he's got some angels about you because there's somebody else that's driving that's saved. He don't want you to kill them. I have no idea what it is. My mom told me she had her car. I brought it up here. I put like $1,500 in to fix all the dents and everything all the way around this thing. It was messed up. And she goes... There's something wrong with my car. It just goes bumpity, 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 bump. Tires, I need new rims, I need something. Something's wrong with my car. So I drive it from Kentucky all the way up here. There's no bumpity, bump, 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 nothing. Except if you go over and hit the little thing in the middle of the road where you're on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> then it goes bumpity, 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 bump. I said, Mom, you're off the road when that happens. <laughs> I said, don't you get it? You can't see. <laughs> she goes, well, the Lord gets me around it. Just because he gets you around don't mean you're saved. Salvation is the greatest thing in the world, man. Malchus was not to be blamed for what was getting ready to happen. 
He was just doing his job. He was just doing what was, he didn't know. I mean, how was he supposed to know? But he came face to face with the Savior. I have a hard time believing he didn't get saved down the road somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if I get to heaven and Malchus is there. Malchus was not to be blamed for what was about to happen to Jesus. And Peter was wrong for his execution. Peter wanted to cut his ear off. The execution not, didn't kill him or anything, but he, he executed. Man, I tell you what, haven't you ever got mad at somebody? I remember Dr. Roman, we was down there, and somebody, there was a guy out the back of the church across the street in the in a field. He was preaching, street preaching at the church. And, and, and uh, me and, uh, actually, Dave Ruckman and two or three others, uh, as me and Dave and Mike, I think, jumped up. And we were jumping over pews and heading out the back door. We was going to go out there and beat this guy up. And, uh, I mean, it was like fun. This is a fun Sunday morning, man. We get to beat somebody up. Yes, yes. He's out there making a racket. We didn't know what was going on. Guns. And, and we get out there and the guy's street preaching. And Dr. Roman come out there. He said, guys, calm down. Calm down. I'm looking at him. Doc, we can take him out, man. Look, your, boy, your son's like this much bigger than me. I said, I can watch him do it. And if he needs help, I can help him. But he can do it. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, we go out on the streets and preach all the time. And he has a perfect right. He's in the right spot over there. He has a perfect right to street preach us all he wants. I'm like, Lord, I said, that, that guy's got some wisdom, man. You know, you don't have to always pull a sword out and kill somebody. Have you ever thought about that? It'd be nice just to be helping people sometimes. Malchus was not to be blamed. Peter was wrong for his execution. And Jesus just had mercy. He said, give me that ear, man. I'm going to put that thing back on. Whether it was dangling, I don't care whether it's dangling. It's just a big miracle to pick it up off the ground and clean the dirt off of it and stick it back on his head. He made the dirt, too, so it don't matter. You're talking about sanitation. He can sanitize that ear on the way back up. And, and you probably didn't even scar tissue. Luke 23, 34 says this. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you realize that a lost person in the world has no idea what they're doing to God? They don't understand him. They don't, but yet they're under the condemnation that the whole world is under. And they don't understand it. They don't understand what's going wrong. We sit there and, say, and people see, uh, you hear me talk about homosexuality. Homosexuality, according, if I'm going to believe the Bible, if I'm going to believe God, it's wrong. There's nothing I can do. I can't, there is no leeway there. But what people will do is say, well, I've got family, I'm sorry. I've got family members too. It's wrong. Okay? Sin is wrong no matter how you look at it. Sin is wrong. That is a sin. When he says, for all have sinned and come, that covers everything that's wrong. There's some cups. There's a cup of suffering. Jesus had to take a cup of suffering. In this passage right here we were reading, in Matthew 26, 39, he goes on and says this. He says, and he went a little further. Jesus had to take a cup and had to go all the way through that thing. And he didn't let us take that cup because he knew that we could never take that cup. There's not a person alive that could ever done what he did right here. There's not one of us. Not one of us. First of all, you would have to have been pure and holy. And after Adam and Eve, there isn't nobody that's ever going to fit that billet. That's an impossibility. For me to stand before God Almighty, if he's the God that I believe he is out of this book, for me to stand before him at any given time, I've got to get holy sometime. And there's no way in my present condition I can do that. If I live perfect forever, I still got to deal with what I did yesterday and today. I've got to deal with it. If I've got to deal with it and stand before him, what am I going to do? And he goes, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> he said, I look at my son. He said, and he went a little further and fell on his face, Matthew 26, 39, and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup, what, it's a cup of suffering, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but 
as thou wilt. You know what? He looked out into the future and he looked into the past. He's standing there. Sometimes the best thing you could ever do is for somebody else. So many times we do things and we don't want to hurt us or those right around us. Jesus looked and said, there's a place called Abraham's bosom. He said, the thief on the cross is going to get that here in a few minutes. He goes, there's a place called Abraham's bosom. And for 4,000 years, people have been going there. And they've been waiting for me to come. I've got to do this. He said, there's no way for them who tried to do the best they could, there's no way for them to get into heaven without me. There ain't no way. And then there's this guy named Mike. He's going to be 2,000 years out. And he's a real mess. And that's after he gets saved. But before he's saved, he's a mess. And there's no way he's going to get in heaven unless I do this thing. And he goes, Father, me and you, and the Holy Spirit already had this discussion before the foundations of the world. Before anything was ever created, we already knew what was going to happen. But now he's all man. He's all man. And most people forget this. Jesus Christ is all man, body, soul, and spirit. He's all God, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in one. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's six parts, not just three. They said, well, that's heresy. That ain't heresy. That's him. He's different than you, by the way. He's not the same. He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from, my, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but, thou, but as thou wilt. He that cometh unto the disciples, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. That's us all the time. Pray, pray and put you asleep in a minute. And saith unto, them, unto Peter, what could, <laughs> poor Peter, man, he just gets it all the time. What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he did. He, after this, Malchus comes and, and the soldiers all come and Judas comes and kisses him. Man, I tell you what, there's a lot of people that hang out with you that'll treat you like everything until everything goes wrong for them. And as soon as it goes wrong and they don't want to do what that book says, they'll turn on you like, like an enemy just like that. That's what Judas did. Judas had the money back. He probably still had, he still had God's money in his little pouch. And he turned on the Lord and he watched Jesus Christ do all this stuff. He watched him heal lepers. He watched him bring back people from the dead. He watched Lazarus come out of that tomb. He watched, I mean, lepers, man. Brother Joe, somebody was preaching, I think it was Brother Joe. I mean, you got your, your digits and your nose and all your parts come back together. Them 10 lepers, nine didn't come back. You know, you got to cut them guys some slack. They, they lost everything. And then all of a sudden they get it back. And for that moment, the joy, it's like the lepers outside the city. Uh, they go out there and, and all the food is out there. It takes them a little bit of time for senses to come back in. And then they realize, oh, we didn't, do, we didn't do well. At the moment, only one came back. But I bet your mother nine came back and eventually thanked him. I'd like to think that anyways. Uh, but it just took him some time. I, mean, oh, I can go back and see my mom and dad, my boyfriend, girlfriend. Not boyfriends, girlfriends. <laughs> they were all men. <laughs> Well, they said lepers. It could have been women lepers. I don't know. It could have been. But I'm telling you, you're sitting there looking at all that stuff. Those guys left because of the excitement, and they didn't know what was going on. You get right here, and Christ has to take the suffering for us. There's nobody here could do that. And, and you get saved. Sometimes people walk away. They stab you. They do all kinds. Judas is doing that. Judas is the devil. He's the, he is, is the devil right there in the flesh. He is the son of perdition. He's causing all the problems, and he's bringing Malchus in there, and Malchus is just doing the job that he was told to do. Go get this guy and bring him in. But you would think that people would stop and say, why would he do all this stuff? And it says he does all things well. 
There is nothing he has ever done that's wrong. There's nothing. You could do everything perfect, and they're still going to come after you. You know why? Because you're serving a risen Savior. And they can't stand, because the moment you look at God, their judgment is going to come into play. That's what the cup of suffering. Jesus had the suffering. And we know, Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for good. You say, how could that be good? I'm here today. I'm saved. If you're in this room and you're saved, it came out good. Jesus has been in heaven for 2,000 years. There's a cup of suffering. Then there's a cup. Let me get on the right page here because I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because then I'll mess up my cups. Then there's a cup of deception. This world is full of that. And the Lord said, I'll deceive you. You want to be deceived? I'll deceive you. Psalm, Proverbs 23, 29 says, who hath woe? He talks about alcohol here. And he goes, it's a cup, and it's, and it's moving all around. He goes, who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babblings? Who hath words without a cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. It, look upon it, and they go on, and he starts talking about alcohol here. And it's a cup, and he says it's a cup of deception. People think, I, can, I went to a class one time, and I've mentioned this before, but I went to the class. The most interesting thing about the class is what the guy told me. Uh, I, he had psychiatrists, doctors, I mean, uh, uh, psychologists. The whole room was full of these guys. And they all sit there, and they had this brain. They showed a picture of the brain, and it, it was like it went from the outside to the inside. And your reasoning all comes on the outside of your brain to start with. They said, when you see stuff, it comes right there and it, and it starts penetrating and going into your brain. And it's amazing how God made your brain. And it's amazing that they could even figure the thing out. But if that's true, what they said, they said it starts going down. They go, the first drink you take starts numbing the outside of your brain. So you, you sit there and say, uh, before that, I can drive my car 90 miles an hour down the expressway with no problem. You got your keys in your pocket. So you take a drink, glug, 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 glug. And then they said, a, a can of beer, a, a glass of wine, or a shot of whiskey, which one has the most alcohol? Well, I went right to the whiskey. And he goes, nope, they're all the same. He says, they're the same amount of alcohol. So it doesn't matter which one you drink. You think you're just casually drinking a glass of wine with dinner? That's just as bad as drinking a shot of whiskey. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, okay. And they go, well, you shut your brain down a little bit. And then you think, well, I can still drive. And you probably can. Then you take another drink. And then you get a little, your reasoning starts going away. And your body's got a shutoff point that if you drink too much alcohol too fast, it shuts you down and you pass out so you don't die. I thought, man, that is cool as anything. I said, I never knew that. And I said, that's why people say, oh, I'll give you my keys, man. I'll, I can do it. And they say, walk this line. And they're all over the place. I did a great job, did I? <laughs> no, you're drunk. They don't even get it they're drunk because they're drunk. That's deceptive. You're deceived. You deceived yourself. And you did it gradually. You know, tobacco's a uh, deception. We sit there and smoke. I smoked, man. I, I got it, man. I smoked. I liked it. I like cigarettes. I like coffee. I like, I like all kinds of stuff. And the Lord took it all away from me, which is good. Alcohol is a, is a deception. Drugs, that's where we're at today. I mean, there's just like a myriad of drugs that you could do. Gambling, they just come out in Ohio. You got two, we'll give you $200. You know what that is? We've turned a whole nation into a, if you buy a lot of tickets, shame on you. Uh, we've turned a whole nation of people into gamblers. And we say it's okay, it's right. No, it's not. 
God is not for that stuff at all. But, but the world, just because the government says, President Biden, love him to death, you should honor the president, all those in charge, you should do what they, but, but if they tell you to do something that's against God, you ought to not do it. And they sit there, and all this gambling, I mean, here, we'll give you $200 or $500 or $1,000 free gambling money for to start to bet. Now you can bet on sports. Well, they did it before, but now they're making it illegal. I like, I like Capone. Capone is about one of the most uh, honest mob men you ever met in your life. He said, hey, if I ever do, in prison, he goes, if I ever do this again, I'll get a license. I can get a license to do whatever I want. It's okay if I get a license. You know what your government is? It's a bunch of people with license. They can do whatever they want. Here you go. You got a president right now. I'm not the policy. Forget the policies. But they just went through Donald Trump, President Donald Trump's house and did, I mean, in the middle of the night with all the stinking FBI agents all over the place, made him look like a, a heap. And, and our president, sitting president, has the same thing and they're not doing nothing. Oh, well, we're doing something. No, it's, they do whatever they want. They got a license. That's, the, that's an illustration. That's not a political statement. It's a cup of deception. You know, sex is a deception. I like Hebrews 13.4. It says, marriage is honorable in all. Dr. Estep told me this one time. And the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God would judge. There's a right way and a wrong way. And God set the marriage. The marriage is never set up by a government. You know what God said? When a man and woman come together, they get married. All, all the adulterers and fornicators have been married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. And people can't handle that because they think, oh, you got to go to justice peace. That, that is man's thing. God's thing is he brought Adam and Eve together. They became one. J, uh, Isaac was in his tent and Rebecca came to the tent and they became married. There wasn't a, uh, wait a minute, let me go get the Baptist preacher come in and say, how many, 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 God says, I'll honor that. Then you get in there and it says, man with man is a sin. Woman with woman is a sin. But they're so nice. They're wicked as hell. You know most of your movie stars are faggots? Or they're, they're homosexual lovers. Now you're going to get mad at me. Oh, man, you better stay away from that. You're going to lose half your church. Look, guys, I'm telling you, sin is sin. And God has a right way to do things in the wrong way. This is a cup of deception. You want deceived, he'll deceive you. I, look, hey, I'm, I'm, I've talked to people before. I'm nice people. But sin is still sin. The question, whose side you're going to be on? Well, again, I said, if you pick up your Bible and you go to Genesis 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, God. The moment you agree with that, you're going to have a lot of other stuff you've got to agree with. There's nothing you can do about it. Internet. Oh, y'all waiting for this. He's like, Maybe he's not going to get on the Internet. Sure I am. Social media, surfing, browsing. These all times, this all takes your time. It eats you up, man. It eats you up. Snooping. You know what the internet does? It gives you an ability to snoop like you never snooped before. I've got calls. Did you know so-and-so? Like, I didn't really care. Uh, the better I don't know, I don't really care. But, but why do I need to know that, by the way? Why do you need to know that? Why does anybody need to know that? God knows that. Don't you think he can take care of it? I can't take care of the problem. All I can do is get mad, upset, frustrated. Well, like, I don't care. God's got internet snooping, shopping. Oh, man, this shopping thing is ridiculous. You know what your problem is? Woo-hoo, yeah, woo -hoo. No, no, that is a problem because I go shopping. If you don't go shopping, you don't get no woo-hoo stuff. 
They only go to the counter. I've, I've been in there when they do it. They, people call and they roll these carts around. And then they deliver it to your house. I heard that. You shopping? <laughs> yeah, right, man. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. I got to get something from Uber real quick. They're going to deliver it. <laughs> Abraham would roll over in his grave, man. Call Uber. No, you know what Abraham did? Say, hey, woman, let's get a sheep. Hey, servants, go get me a sheep. Let's kill that thing. We'll whack it up right now. The Lord's here. We're going to have dinner. You know what they did? They made dinner. And they went out and got it. You know what shopping does? It makes you get up and go do something that you don't want to do. I don't like, I mean, I, I still got to go to Kroger's and pay for a ham. I got to, I got to, went down to Kroger's down here, this one down here one day. I mean, it's right at Thanksgiving or I think or Christmas or something. That place was stinking packed, man. So I get in there, and they, they have these hams. I mean, they're spiral-cut premium hams, and they're like $60. They're down to 9 bucks. So I get two of them. I got two of them a couple of days before, and, and then I found out why I had problems the other day. And uh, so I go to the counter, and the lady says, you can't get two of these. You can only get one with every $25. So okay, okay. So she sets it off the side, and somehow it ends up in my basket. So when I get out to the truck, I got both hams, but I only pay for one. And I'm like, is that a blessing from God? <laughs> And the Lord goes, no, it's stolen. And you got to take it back. I said, but Lord, but Lord, it's, it's packed in there. He goes, yeah, it may be packed in there, but you don't have to do it today. I said, okay, man, I got a reprieve. So I called him up, and the lady said, thank you for being honest. She's probably saying, that stinking rat never brought that ticket. She said, just bring the ticket back in, and we'll sell it to you for the eight bucks or whatever it was. You know, brethren, that's the honesty. You, you get those deals by going shopping. And I got the idea of the shopping. But what will happen is there's a deception where we sit at home and now all of a sudden we don't have to deal with masses of people or deal with people. We don't have to do nothing. We sit at home and we're, we're isolating ourselves and it's getting, we're getting inoculated. We're, we're being, we're just, I, I mean, it's, you got to get out into the world. You know what Jesus did? He walked everywhere he went. We got problems. Our, our whole, you know what it is? It's deception. We'll, we'll convince ourselves that this is the way, because my life is so busy over here that I got all, no, you then you get rid of some of that garbage and go back to doing what you're supposed to do to live. You know what it does? It makes you healthy and wealthy and wise. It makes you got some brains in your head, and you can find some deals. There's other ways to make money than just sit there all the time on this. That thing is going to burn your eyeballs out. I hate it, man. I got people say, why aren't you on? You don't ever answer when, Brother Spurgeon said that. You don't ever answer when I call. Okay. You know where my house is? Come knock on the door. Brother Joe came to my house. Him and Paige came over to the house the other day. We let them right in. We talked for a while, and then they left. Not one of us got our phone. Yeah, they did, man. They were showing me a look on the phone. They're trying to get me to so. Uh, anyways, a cup of deception, a cup of suffering, a cup of deception. It's going to get better here in just a second. A cup of fury. God gets mad, and one of these days he's going to make them. Isaiah 15, uh, 51, 17 says, Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. I tell you what, that day Noah got in that ark and he shut that door, I'll bet you there was millions, if not billions of people outside that thing laughing. And then the first drop goes thump. Thump, 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 thump. That big old hollow ark, man, I bet you that water hitting it sounded like a drum. And then the pour and start pouring down and there's no place to go. There's no place to hide. And those people, they said, what is it? It's a hand of God's fury coming down, a cup of fury coming down. Just because it hasn't come yet doesn't mean it ain't coming. He said it's coming. That old preacher that, I was, that was behind me on the plane when I was down on my way to Austin, Texas, 
uh, well, when we got off the plane, I mean, he was sitting there saying, God's getting ready to come. He can't get no more wicked. He's older than I was. He said, Mike, it can't get no more wicked than it is. I said, oh, yes, it can too. I said, it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse than it is right now. Preachers today have, have stopped preaching the wickedness of this world because they don't want to lose the people. Brethren, you need to know what's getting ready to happen. It's going to be a mess. You know what? I don't really care. I'm on his side. And no matter what happens, I get to go to heaven. <laughs> it, it, the cup of the fury. And then he goes, thou hast drunk the dregs of the cup of trembling. You know what? When you get, you get to a place where you can't control what's going on, well, you're going to be scared to death because you won't know what to do. That thing comes up to me, and I'm like, I might be scared too. But I'm like, Lord, I'm coming home. It's the big one. It's the big one. I'm coming home. Whatever her name is. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I'm coming home. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you what, I know exactly what. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That day's coming, man. There's a cup of fury. Then there's a cup of the New Testament. I like that. Matthew 26, 26. He says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it. And it's the, it's the uh, communion, the last supper. And he goes, and they break it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink ye all of it, for this is the blood of the New Testament. Boy, he died at that cross 2,000 years ago. Now, you want to out all this stuff. I mean, you want to get on his good side? I'm going to tell you how you get on his good side. You get saved. That's how you get on his good side. He sits there, man, and, and 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross of Calvary. He he didn't die. He gave up the ghost. He just, he stepped. Brother, I'll tell you what, you're serving a living God. He can't die. His body shut down. He said, it's time to shut this thing down. And he steps out of it. And he looks over, man, about that time, that thief over here on the cross steps out of his. And they're sitting there chilling out. Nobody can see him. It's amazing, man. You read some of them stories in there. People are sitting there talking to him. Mary didn't know who he was. The two, two guys on the road to Emmaus didn't know who he was. You, yeah, he, unless he reveals himself to you, you don't know who he is. And them two sitting there, everybody out there could have probably thought they were just two everyday people or didn't see him at all. And he says, hey, let's go, man. We got to go. We're going to go down to paradise here. I told you today you'd be in paradise. Let's head out of Dodge. We're going right now. And I'm sitting here looking. I said, Lord, he stepped out. And his body is hanging up there on the cross. And, and it is not functioning. And by the world's view, he's dead. He's not dead. He's alive. He's, he's more alive now than he ever was. He has now got the offering made. Three days from now, he's got the offering that he can take to heaven and solve the problem. He's got it. For all human and mankind, he's got it. It's a, it's a cup of salvation. There's a cup of New Testament. Then there's a cup of salvation. I'm just about done. Give me just a second. Cup of salvation. Proverbs, or Psalms 116.12 says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? How, have you ever thought about that, man? I mean, you, you look out at the sky. I've had people tell me that, Mike, you can't pay him back for what he's done for you. Have you ever spent and took a little moment of your life and looked at what he's done? How could anybody pay him back for anything that he's ever done? He created a universe that I could come into, that he could die in, that I could get saved and go back to where he came from and be one of him. How are you going to ever pay him back for that? You can't. But I tell you what, when you start thinking on that level and you start looking at him like, whoa, I could sure try to do something. I feel like I've done absolutely nothing in my whole life. 
I feel like everything I've done is just a waste. Not, not you guys. You're not a waste. I'm not saying you're a waste. But in comparison to him, when I'm looking at him, I'm like, Lord, what could I have possibly done? He goes, Mike, did you ever help one person get into heaven? He said, they'll be there for all eternity. And he goes, as a matter of fact, you got into heaven. And somebody had a benefit to you. And, and you will be there for all eternity. All eternity. He goes, when the eons go and everything goes away, and there's things in the Bible that's after 33,000 years, all this stuff goes away, and you all go back into God, and it keeps going and going and going for all eternity, I will still be there. Hell will still be there, and those in hell will still be in hell. There's two places to go. There is no purgatory. There's no in-between. In it's heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. I choose life. Heaven is what I want. He goes... He said, uh, verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. You know how you get saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And what you do is you get salvation and it's done. There's a cup of salvation. Then there's a full cup. Dr. Roman's got a book called A Full Cup. And I don't know about you, man, but I got a full cup. I got saved in 1980 and it's just never changed. It has never stopped. Psalm, I'm just about done. Give me a second. Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What in the world could I possibly ask him for? Have you ever read your Psalms? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I, I went to sleep on a ship with a thousand men and never cared one bit. I never, I never worried about dying. Uh, I never worried about somebody killing me while I'm sleeping. Wacko crazy nuts. You, in the daytime, you watch sailors running around the ship and marine guys. Jonathan came up and corrected me a few minutes ago. He goes... But, but I don't think he caught what he said, so I'm going to have to have my help, help him again because now it's my opportunity. But I'm going to say what he told me. He said, we are the Marines. He said, we have, he said, you got submarines. <laughs> They're less than Marines. But aren't they still Marines? They're not Navy. They're Marines. <laughs> They're Marines. I mean, why would a Marine call itself a sailor? Subsailor? Now, if you call a sub-sailor, I got that, but a submarine, uh, I mean, it's like you're, anyways, we'll go on. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. I've never had a, I've never, I like going to sleep. I love sleep. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Fear, you fear something today? You got a God that can get you right through it, man. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I saw him, Brother Joe. It's amazing how things, if you hang out long enough, they'll turn around. All you got to do is the right thing. And God will work that thing out. He'll always work it out. Always work it out for you. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Man, I tell you what, I, I got saved in 1980, and I didn't have anything. My cup was empty. And from 1980s, now, Brother, Brother Tom Combs sings a song from time to time. Uh, and I think the title of the song is, uh, I'm drinking from the saucer because my cup has overflowed. 1980, I got saved on a back porch, and I can't even begin to tell you the things he, I mean, I've tried and people say, well, you got stories and stories and stories. Yeah, man, I mean, my whole life is nothing but a series of stories that I've watched Jesus Christ do some of the craziest thing. This song goes on and says, I have never made a fortune, and I will never make one now. But it really doesn't matter because I'm happy anyhow. 
As I go along my journey, I'm reaping better than I sowed. I am drinking from the saucer because my cup has overflowed. I mean, Brother Tom, when he sings that thing, he'll put you down on the altar, man. But, I mean, you just imagine a cup sitting on, an, on a, a saucer, and it's just filling up. And the Lord's filling that thing up and filling that thing up and filling that thing up and filling that thing up. And it comes up to the surface, and there's no more room in that cup, and it starts overflowing. And you don't even have to drink out of the cup no more. You just start sipping from the saucer. My grandmother used to do that all the time. They would they, they'd say, that's how you cool down your stuff, and you drink it. And you let it. But this cup ain't that way, man. Your cup just overflows. He goes, uh, I don't have a lot of riches. And sometimes the going is tough, but with Ken and friends to love me, I think I'm rich enough. I thank God for all the blessings that his mercy has bestowed. I'm drinking from the saucer because the cup has overflowed. I was going to play that today. I got my guitar in the back back there, uh, but I tried uh, to do it and I could do it, but then my fingers started getting sore because I haven't done it in a long, long time because I'm a wimp, so I didn't do it. He gives me strength and courage when the way grows steep and rough. I will not ask for other blessings. I already have enough. Well, you ever get to the place where you know that what you got is all you need? You don't need nothing else, and that's him. Jesus Christ can supply all your needs. The problem is, is we think we need more than what we need, and we just don't need that stuff. It's a shame that it takes a whole lifetime to figure that out sometimes. We may never, uh, we may, never uh, may we never be too busy to help another bear their load. Then we'll all drink from the saucer when our cups have overflowed. 1980, I got saved, and I started just walking. That's all I did. I didn't have no idea what anything was in life. I didn't have no idea what church was. I really didn't understand anything about Christianity. I didn't understand any of that stuff. 43 years later, this is it, man. This is the ticket. This is it. You know what I get the privilege to do is go around telling people how to get to Jesus Christ. We got this songbook here, man. Those, I got to, I have a front, found a friend in Jesus. The, the two disciples that wanted to be at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus Christ, a song, somebody wrote a song about them. And the Lord says, are you able? Are you able? And everybody will say, yeah, I'm able. Well, you got to go through some things in life. And you know what the Lord says? Yeah, you're going to be able. I'm going to make you able. Both of them said, yeah, I'm able to do whatever you do. I can drink from the cup you're drinking. Really, you can drink from the cup of suffering that Jesus drank from? Nobody could do that. You can handle the cup of deception. You can handle all those other cups. You can do all that. Yes, we can do it, Lord. I mean, they, they want to serve Jesus Christ. He says, yeah, you're going to do it. Not the way you think, but you're not going to sit at the right hand or the left hand of me either. Are ye able, said, are ye able, said the master, to be crucified with me. Yea, the sturdy dreamer answers, to the death will follow thee. Lord, we are able, our spirits are thine. Remold them, make us like the divine. <clears throat> Thy guiding radiance above us shall be a beacon to God, to love and loyalty. Are you able to remember when the thief lifts up his eyes?
Jesus did. He watched him. You know how you do that? You go through what he went through. And until you go through what he went through, you can never understand that thief died on the cross knowing that he, there's no hope for him. The Lord has the hope. The hope is in him. And the thief is sitting there going, remember me, Lord. He goes, you got it, man. You're in there. You're in there. <laughs> when the thief lifts up his eyes, that his pardoned soul is worthy. He is just as worthy of salvation as anybody else. And the Lord knows, you know, so are you. These songs are the greatest thing in, I mean, when Brother Joe was talking about that. These are the greatest thing outside of your Bible, man. These songs are it because they tell you. Are you able when the shadows comes close round you with a sod? When you're ready to die or somebody else dies around you, are you able to handle it? Are you able still the master whispers down eternity and heroically spirit, heroic spirits answer now as then in Galilee? You know, there's a cup. There's a cup that has to be born. Jesus bore that cup. He, he carried it. He said, Father, thy will be done. You know, he gave you the best example in the world. Now, he's not going to ask you to take that cup, but the cup of salvation you need. The Bible says, for Christ died for our sins. All of sin and come short of glory. That's us. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day. That don't get you saved just because you know that. You've got to do the Romans. You've got to believe if thou shalt believe with thy mouth, if thou believe in thy heart, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You've got to ask. Most people never ask, and they never get saved. This world is full of people, and Jesus died for them, and he died, and he shed his blood at Calvary so that they could go to heaven, and it's there. There are some cups out there. And sometimes you're going to be tasked with taking a cup and drinking out of that thing, and uh, you may, God may make you suffer, like he said, he told John and Mark, you're going to suffer, but not the way I'm going to suffer. You know what, he brings that cup into your life to get you a little bit closer to him. Suffering is part of life. Joy is part of life. Boy, I got a cup of joy. I, I mean, my cup runs away. I got more joy than I, I I'm telling you, what, and, and to top it all off, one day, he's going to come back. And he's, that, that old preacher was saying, one of these days, he's coming back to get us out of here. Yeah, I said, that's called the rapture. <laughs> Just because you don't, here's an old preacher. He didn't believe that. There, you know what, there's a lot of people who don't believe stuff. Your Bible has all the answers. I didn't, I didn't condemn that guy. I didn't rebuke that guy. I didn't do anything. I said, sir. That's what I call the rapture. And one day he's going to take me out of here and you, and we're going to be at home, and we don't have to worry about it no more. And we're out of here. Are you in here today? Are you lost? Do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? I do. If you don't know, come and let me tell you how to get there. You can find four or five other people. They can tell you too. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for those cups down through. Thank you for taking that cup to Calvary and never hesitating. Lord, you, in the flesh, you knew that if there was some other way, uh, but you knew there wasn't, so you uh, did the Father's will. And Lord, because you did that, uh, all those in this room today that claim you as their Savior, Lord, uh, are here because of what you did. What a blessing it is. And all the countless of millions of other people that has done it down through time. Lord, I do pray that if there's anyone in the room that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, you just get them a little bit closer to that today. And Lord, uh, today would be a great day to get saved. Uh, Father, for all the rest of us, just help us to get a little bit closer to you, uh, like they sang that song, Nearer, uh, my God, to thee. Lord, help us just to get nearer and nearer and nearer, and one day we'll get so near that we'll be right with you. Uh, again, Lord, thank you for your blessings today. Bless the invitation. We'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.